Two Friends, Two Murders contains graphic and explicit content that may not be suitable for all listeners. Listener discretion is advised. Nobody in an atmosphere like this has any contact with violence or walks in any fear. Except who knows what hides in the private jungle beyond any respectable door. Welcome back to Two Friends, Two Murders. Did you miss us? Yeah. I <laughs> did. Yeah. Are you asking me? Because I missed you so much. <laughs> Just kidding. We miss doing this weekly, but it works out better doing it yeah. every other week. You, right. you know, when this becomes a full-time thing, a full-time gig, maybe we can do it every single maybe week. Maybe sooner than later. You so. never know in this day and age. Stay especially tuned. ours. <laughs> but I'm Aubrey. I'm Kylie. And this week... We are on episode 19, and we're talking about British murders. British. And no, we will not talk the whole episode in a British murder, Tony. Cheers, love. Cheers. It's just not going to happen. Oh, are you sure? Yeah, I'm already over it, but you can continue as you want. Okay. All right, great. <laughs> uh, since we were talking about true crime and British murders, I figured we could cover some of the weirdest laws that England has. Oh, this would have been good to know this before been good I to left. Know. Yes, so... Uh, it is illegal to knock on a door or ring a doorbell and walk away. So oh, there is no doorbell, no ditching? doorbell ditching in England. What do the kids do for fun? They d- drink tea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> they drink tea. Uh, it's illegal to carry wooden planks across pavement. Ac- just across pavement? Mm-hmm. That's weird. So if you're ever renovating a house, you can't carry wood across pavement. <laughs> I That's don't know what that is. That's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. Listen, I don't make the rules. Uh, back in the 1900s, you were required to carry one bale of hay in the back of your truck in case one of your animals got hungry. Oh, that's sweet. That is sweet, but also <laughs> weird. Not all animals drink hay. Drink. drink. <laughs> Great. It's going well. Uh, after 8 a.m., it's illegal to beat or shake a rug in the street. Ugh, they're so noisy, like, those rug beaters. I always beat my rugs at like That's the time I like to beat my rug. Eight? Yeah. I'm sleeping. The prime rug beaten That's hours. what it is. So strict. Ugh. If you annoy people around you by flying a kite, <laughs> you could be fined 500 pounds. If you annoy people <laughs> around you specifically by so flying a kite. maybe just don't fly a kite. How do Seems. I know if my kite flying's annoying? Probably is. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're going now. Uh, you can tell me. It's not windy. <laughs> uh, let's see. If you, you can't gamble or use obscene language in a public library. So, Kylie shit hope you weren't Can't in the library and swearing i was coming after you i wasn't we're good i'm so glad it's illegal to eat a swan as they belong to the queen ew i don't know why you'd eat a swan i did see a swan not in the uk uh, london but in freaking ireland and it was so creepy it got so close creepy. to us yeah gross i hate them why they're creepy ass birds beautiful creatures <laughs> ew i wanted it to get the fuck away what? from me why i hate birds and it started like eating this plastic and i was like idiot like uh Listen, Kylie. No. Swans are princesses. Uh, well, okay. the queen can have them because I don't want frogs them, are princes. Ew. Sick. I'd rather seen? have a frog than a swan. What? So easily. I have a funny story. I once was chased by a peacock. Ew. And it was the scariest thing in my life. Where were you at? My uncle's house. Why does your uncle have a peacock? He doesn't. <laughs> That's the thing. Okay, well, I was, had to ask. There was some random ass peacock chilling. Ew, they're mean, aren't they? Yeah, I'd rather have a swan. Ew, no. Whatever. Gross. It's illegal to stand sockless within 100 feet of the queen. Good. People's feet are gross. So no flip-flops <laughs> if no you're going to be seeing the queen. But what happens if you're out for a stroll? It's a hot summer day. The queen's kind of And the queen dick, comes like, out. No right. flip-flops. Stay away from my swans. Yeah. Like, pretty sure you don't need all of them. Don't be beating those rugs. I don't know. I don't <laughs> you, know these you've rules. annoyed me with your kite flying. Listen, I think Utah, well, Utah or United States, we have weird laws, too. But yeah. I don't have those for you today because we're talking about England, not mm. U- Utah mm-hmm. or United States. Right. Because if you had guessed the theme, 
which I'm sure a lot of you did, <laughs> because it's so fun. It's so good. Fill and in the blank. Tony, she guessed. Oh, good job, Tony Malone. <laughs> Heck yeah. Okay, now that we know all the laws of England, let's learn some common phrases so that we feel part of the group. Oh, thank God. I'll tell you if I heard any of this. Okay. A few sandwiches short of a picnic. Nope, that's cute though. It means someone that lacks common sense. <laughs> That's a long way to say that. Uh, Bagsy, which means calling shotgun. Bagsy, Bagsy, which kind of sounds like you when you say backseat. Backseat, yeah. Backsies. Backsies is what I call. Bagsy. So now I'm going to be like, oh, shotgun, great. (laughs) Bob's your uncle. Uh, I don't think I heard that, but I know that that's a common one. It means describing a process which seems more difficult than it is. Bob's your uncle. Bob's an uncle. So Us hard. trying to set up our audacity every time. <laughs> Bob's an uncle. Bob's your uncle. Uh, full of beans. Full of beans. No, I, that's what does that mean? That's someone who is energetic. Ah. Which. I know some people full, full of, of beans. <laughs> Waffle. Ew, what? When someone makes a great, great speech. Waffle. That was waffle. <laughs> that's the weirdest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> Take the biscuit. What's that mean? It means when someone has done something irritating. That really takes the biscuit. Oh, okay. I get it. Mm-hmm. That's all I have for you. I like it. <laughs> I like it. So now that we know the laws, and now that we know some common phrases, shall we talk about <laughs> some British murders? We should. Fantastic. I believe you're first. I am first, you lucky folks. Uh, let's see. I am talking about Fred West and the House of Horrors. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> And this guy, you know, he really is a few sandwiches short of a picnic. Let's <laughs> did you just say plan that. that. that was I so sure cute. did. You're <laughs> is it written in your notes? It's not. I oh, just kind of threw it together the last second, but nice. I am also a professional podcaster, so I liked it. Thank you so much. <laughs> All right, let's get started. Bob's so, your uncle. Bob's your uncle, guys. I'm gonna make a waffle of a speech. <laughs> okay. Killed it. Nailed know, it. Thank you so much. So Fred West was an English serial killer who committed at least 12 murders between the years 1967 and 1987. Most of these murders took place in what's now called the House of Horrors, which was the home of Fred and Rosemary West. So Fred West was born in September of 1941. He was born into a poor family of farm workers his dad, of course, your typical story, was a strict discipline mm-hmm. and the mother was very overprotective and, gotcha. you know, the, the same old story you get with every serial killer, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, in 1946, the family moved to a cottage where there was no electricity and the place was heated by a fireplace. So they kind of went back a little in broke. time a little yeah. bit. Fred's main job as the big brother was to hunt and kill their dinner. Oh, man. And take really care of the animals around the ranch. So with kind their bale of hay, with that bale of hay, hail, 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 hail. <laughs> <That was laughs> nice <beautiful>. truck. <laughs> All right. Weirdly enough, Fred claimed that he was introduced by sex to sex by his mother at the age of twelve. Ew, what? Uh, this family was very into incest. Oh, okay. So, um, he, his mother, or so he says, had him engage in acts of bestiality, which is when they have sex with animals. Ew. Um, so in his early teens, so he wasn't just hunting them. No, Ugh. he was doing something. <laughs> he was hunting them. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. hunting. Them. Wink, wink. <laughs> Uh, so, and his dad actually had incest with his sisters. Ew. So it was a, it was just a weird family, family, They're but nasty. This is all coming from Fred and other family members who grew up with him say that this is nothing. That's all false, hmm. but you know, weird, whatever. Uh, in Fred's adolescence years, him and his brother joined a youth club where they were surrounded by many other young children and Fred found it pleasing to start pestering women and girls. He objectified women as sources of pleasure and would approach them and fondle them just randomly. Nasty. So he was a keeper. When Fred was 17, he was in a motorcycle accident where he suffered a head injury that left him with angry rages. Two years after this, he suffered another injury, which... That's I love scary. this part. To uh, a head or to his head when a girl he groped in a fire escape punched him in the face and made him fall down the stairs. <laughs> Good for her. Yes. So he has his brain injury and he just suffers from these angry rages, but he's also like weirdly with he's just like weird with his sex and stuff. Yeah. He just wants to fondle girls and abuse them. Is he like a big dude? Like 
he he's probably a normal sized dude. Okay. Just but curious. To a woman, a normal yeah. sized dude is bigger. You yeah, know? for sure. And most of these girls are like Younger, teenagers. I'm sure. like, really, yeah. In June of nineteen sixty one, Fred was kicked out and disowned by his parents after his sister told his parents that Fred had been raping her. And that she was pregnant with his child. Oh, my God. He was then arrested and ad- he admitted to the police that he had been molesting girls and said, he d- doesn't everyone do it? Doesn't everyone have sex with their sister and He's like, girls? my family's incestual yeah. and I'm, we're at the bestiality so, and they're all like, nope, yeah, not us. That's not normal. <laughs> Gross. That's maybe in the 1800s, but this is England. <laughs> Keep your socks on. <laughs> we don't want to see those feet. <laughs> Uh, he was soon released, but did not rekindle his relationship with any of his family members. Yeah. In September of 1962, when Fred was 21, he met Catherine Costello. What happened to the baby? I don't know. <laughs> don't even know if it was real. Oh. Listen, facts online yeah. are always true. And the <laughs> baby is everything. somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's living his best life. Um. So, in September of 1962, he met Catherine Costello. Fred and Catherine soon married through, or though at the time of marriage, Catherine was pregnant with a bus driver's child. Mm. So, they just felt like getting married was the best thing to do, even though she was pregnant with a child. With somebody else. Yes. Uh, Also, get this. Though Fred was arrested for molesting children, he soon found a job as an ice cream truck driver. Oh, Jesus. And then get this. He backed up and ran over a child in his ice cream truck, but was never actually charged for anything. I believe, I don't know if the child survived or not. Again, facts. Oh, my God. Anyway, so he's No background check on the ice cream man, obviously not. Which is kind of funny, because you think of ice cream truck drivers, and sometimes you're like, ooh, those are probably sketchy. And it's like, Mm -hmm. they probably are the sketchy folks. Yeah, I mean, no one's doing, like, extensive background checks. So, here's your proof (laughs) that this dude, who has sex with sisters and And goats, goats, (laughs) be serving you your ice cream. Freaking nasty. Might run you over. And he might run you over after you get your ice cream cone. Uh, Catherine and Fred had a child in July of 1964 and named her Anne-Marie. Now, as you would expect, Fred was a horrible father. Yeah. He kept their children caged in their bunk bed. Oh so God. he literally, like, would put them on the bottom bunk and put bars up. And he could only come out of their bunk bed when he was home from work. Holy shit. Um, and Catherine's just like, whatever. Catherine decided that it was the best idea just to go and have an affair with another dude. She's like, I'm not into this. No. <laughs> but on top of this, Fred later admitted to having engaged in numerous affairs with young girls at the same time. Mm-hmm. So they were both sleeping with other people. Meanwhile, um, their poor kids just locked up in yep. their and bunk, they were both abusive. Yeah, Ugh. and Fred would always take his anger out on the children. Sad. Obviously, the oldest child, who was uh, Catherine's, or yeah. was the baby of the, the bus, bus driver, driver yeah. was the one who got most of it. Um, let's see. Uh, soon after, she found out that he was having an affair, so she admitted to having her affair but she decided that she would leave fred and leave the children with him so she was from scotland or something Mm -hmm. she went running back to scotland to her family but left the kids in fred's care wow in 1967 fred met Anne mcfell who was hired to take care of fred's children they had an affair and soon she became pregnant with fred's child she was last seen in the summer of 1967, but she was never reported missing by her family. Hmm. Uh, later on, her remains were actually found buried at the end of, edge of a cornfield. Her limbs had been carefully dismembered and her head had been cut off. Oh, my God. Many bones were missing from her body, as was her unborn child. Oh. Fred was questioned, but they had no proof at the time, and Fred denied that he had killed anyone. Mm-hmm. So I totally that, believe you, Fred. Right? So, again, this dude seems like your typical killer, yet yeah. they're just like, you seem good, yeah. and just pass him off. So The laws back then. That like, just nothing, goes cold case. Nothing mm-hmm. actually gets solved on that till later on. Uh, yes. Soon after, Fred hired Rosemary Letts as his nanny to take care of both of his daughters, and she was 15 years old. Rosemary had a similar childhood as Fred. She was sexually abused by her father and other family members, and this continued on for years, even as she was an adult. 
So even when she was like an adult yeah. and moved on with her life, she was still going and having sex with her dad. Weird. Oh so, my God. What is this with England? I don't know. <laughs> Game of Thrones up in this bitch. Yeah, seriously. But in 1990s. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Fred and Rosemary soon began a sexual relationship and Rose ended up moving in and taking care of Fred's children full time. Rosemary ended up getting pregnant with Fred's child, which he can make the babies. Yeah, he is a fertile myrtle. He is. And she was only 17. Or is it the girl 17. that's fertile myrtle? I mean, they can both be. Whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. Whatever. She soon gave birth to their first child, Heather Ann. Soon after, Fred ended up doing some time in prison for car theft leaving Lo- Rose alone with the three children. So at this point, he's been arrested for uh, raping his sister. He was in trouble because he backed over a child. He was in trouble because the girl that he was sleeping with went missing. Yep. And now he's gone to jail for car theft. Oh, my gosh. But he gets out. He's not in jail for very long. So They're like, one more chance, Fred. Right? <laughs> While Fred is in jail under Rosemary's care, Charmaine, which was the bus driver's daughter, Anne Marie, which was the first daughter of him and his first wife, okay, and Heather, which was the first daughter of Rose mm-hmm. and Fred, were all abused physically and mentally by Rosemary. And Rosemary's only 17 at this point. And she's, she's abusing them too. She's abusing them too. What the hell? It's like they, it's just the thing. She's all messed up. Like. Yeah. So soon after all of this, Fred was released and Charmaine, for some reason, went missing. And again, Charmaine is the one that was born to Fred's first wife and the bus driver. Yeah. When Rosemary was questioned, she told people that Charmaine was taken by her mother. So her Mm -hmm. mother had come back and taken her. Little did police know that Charmaine's body was actually in the coal cellar of Fred and Rosemary's home. Rose had killed Charmaine (coughs) and hid her body in the cellar until Fred got out of prison. Once Fred got out of prison, they buried Charmaine's naked body in the backyard. What the fuck? And again, they get questioned. They say she went with their mother and no questions asked. That's it. Uh, okay. That yep. makes sense. Um, let's see. That Later takes on. The biscuit. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. Takes the biscuit. That's really irritating. <laughs> So later on, the first mother of Fred's children and his first wife went missing. Her body was soon found in a field of trees. She had been sexually assaulted and strangled, and her body was dismembered and placed into plastic bags. Ew. Again, no questions asked. Fred is set free or whatever. Doing like his she own just thing. went missing. We don't yep, know. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now that Raina was dead, Fred, or the first wife was dead, Fred had the ability to marry Rosemary. So they soon got married and moved into 25 Cromwell Street, which was one of the most famous street actresses in England. And this is known as the House of Horror. Oh, okay. Yes. After moving in, Fred and Rose would hire girls to take care of their daughters and they would sexually assault them. One girl, Caroline Owens, was one of the girls that actually got away. And I actually have her explaining what happened in a video. It's kind of a long bit video, but it's important to hear her side. <laughs> I want to hear it. Let me get it. I said, well, you know, we've got a sex circus, me and Rose and a few other men. Um, we'd like you to join it. And like, I started getting quite angry because by this time I got a bit fed up of all the things he used to come out with. And I, I, I said, I don't know what you're on about. I want nothing to do with it. A disgusted Caroline fled the house, vowing never to return. A couple of months later, she was standing in her usual hitchhiking spot. When she noticed a familiar car. My first instinct was to run away, but I didn't. And when they pulled up beside me, uh, Rose was like apologizing. I'm sorry that uh, you left and the children are really missing you. Can we give you a lift home? And as much as I didn't want to, I felt like I couldn't be nasty to them, so I got in the car. Everything was fine. We went just through Gloucester. Uh, Most of it was like the children had missed me, that kind of conversation. Um, As soon as we got out of Gloucester, going more towards where I live, um, Fred said to me, have you had sex tonight, Caroline? And I went, no. And I was kind of like going, oh, don't start that kind of conversation off again. And he said, oh, go and have a feel, Rose, see if she's wet. And with that, she just like grabbed around down my crunch. We started fighting uh, about two miles outside of Gloucester, past the roundabout. Uh, Fred pulled his car up on the side and 
alt rose by turning around in his seat and punched me in the side of the head until I was unconscious. When I came round, Fred had the door open, he was on his knees, he'd already tied my hands beyond my back with my scarf and he was rocking like parcel tape all the way round and round and round my face as a gag. And they turned the car around and they went back around the roundabout, took me to Cromwell Street. They eventually arrived at the house. Caroline, still bound and gagged, was taken into a bedroom. The next 12 hours, um, I was beaten. Both of them were like medical examining. It was almost, you know, they were talking about my genitalia and all that as if they were doctors. You know, oh, this is a bit strange, oh, that's so-and-so. I thought they were going to get a knife and just start cutting at me. So I was absolutely terrified, but he, he got a, his belt off his jeans and he'd folded it over and was whipping me between the leg with his belt. And then she started doing something else sexual towards me while he watched and then she invited him to join in and she was doing something to me and he was having sex with her from behind at the same time. To be quite honest, at that time I... I would have been up here off dead. After a night of harrowing abuse, a terrified Caroline was eventually left alone with Fred. I thought he was just going to take me down to the cellar, but he obviously had second thoughts. He just raped me, and then he started crying. He said to me, you know, if you promise that you won't tell me I've touched you, he said, and you'll come back here to live, he said, I'll let you go. And of course, you know, considering I thought I was on my way down to the cellar, I was just so relieved and I said, yeah, okay, I'll do that. Okay. Oh my God. The part where she's like saying they like examined her like doctors makes me sick. Oh, this husband and wife couple are just like disgusting. Um, so, like it said, Caroline was able to escape. He let her go, but she went straight to police. Oh, thank God. Both Fred and Rose were arrested, but Caroline never f- would face either p- person to testify, and all charges were dropped, and they were set free. What? So, this dude just what? keeps getting by, dude. He just... How? I don't know. What the... Yeah, so he's out, and so is Rose. Now, obviously, this didn't stop either of them from continuing to abuse girls. Over the next 14 years... They murdered and tortured multiple girls. They would take young girls down into their cellar and would sexually abuse them. They would be stripped and hung from the ceiling in extreme pain. They're, they actually, like, placed, like, meat cleavers Ew. from the ceiling and would, like, hang them from them. Oh, my God. And would God. torture them, dismember their bodies, and bury them under the house. It legitimately is a house of horrors. Yep. That is so creepy. Yes. This is what I picture happened in my mother's basement. Oh, <laughs> scary. <laughs> Uh, what this is disgusting. Once the cellar was full of bodies, Fred ended up pouring concrete over the bodies and turning it into their children's bedroom. What a freak! So their children were was living over dead bodies for years. So now things kind of take a turn. Fred and Rose's daughter Heather goes missing. She was murdered by her parents and buried in their backyard. They murdered her because she was 16 and they had no further use for her as they could no longer sexually abuse her now that she's getting older because oh, she would talk. Fight back yep. and talk, yeah. Uh, so she had not been found for over eight years. So her they were questioned. Nothing happened. And this happened. was their child, right? Heather was, was like between them. Yeah, this was oh Rose and Fred's first daughter that they had together. Uh, her, her parents, sickly, would make jokes to the other children like, you better behave yourself or you'll end up under the patio like Heather. Holy shit. Eventually, this got out and the police started to hear rumors from neighbors about the missing daughter and the jokes about someone being under the patio. In February of 1994, police detective decided it was time to check out this house. Oh, finally. Yes. So this set in motion an investigation of all the murders. As the police started digging to find Heather's body, they found a female thigh bone, which was believed to be Heather's, but it soon came out that it wasn't Heather's because they found four more. Oh, my God. Um, as they, there was multiple bodies that had been buried in the backyard. They found three bodies in the backyard and six bodies in the house. After finding a total of nine bodies in the Cromwell house, which was the house of horrors, 
they searched their old house where they found nine-year-old Charmaine's body, which was the daughter of the bus driver. Aww. Someone, I think someone was living there, too. Oh, my God. And Can she you was, imagine? like, in a bin in the basement or something. <laughs> Ew. Yeah. Months later, they found the remaining two bodies in the field of Anne McPhail, which was the first girl that he murdered after she got pregnant, and the first wife. Oh, so they ended up finding the first yep. wife. Okay. Um, despite Fred saying that his wife had nothing to do with their murders, investigators continued to interrogate Rose, and she was soon arrested for the murders. Yeah, you freak. In the end, Fred was charged with 12 murders, and Rose was charged with 10. Um, oh, because of the wife and the one The wife before. and the first girl. Yeah, yep. okay. So below are the victims. Anne McFall, which was 18, her body had been placed in a rectangular pit and was covered with topsoil. She had been pregnant with a daughter. She was eight months pregnant, and she was found in a field along with oh. the first wife. Mary Bastholm, she was 15. Her body was never found, but Fred admitted to police that he had murdered her. Uh, Charmaine West, that was Fred's stepdaughter, the one that was uh, born to the bus driver. Her remains were stored in a bin in the cellar in their first house. Uh, Raina, which was Fred's ex-wife, was found strangled to death uh, with a mutilated body in the field where Anne McFell was found. Mm -hmm. Lydia Goh was 19. She was first murdered, or she was first murdered by, the first murder committed by both Raina and Fred. She was assaulted and buried under the ground, which was later turned into a bathroom. Uh, Carol Cooper was 15. She was bound with surgical tape and her body had been dismembered. Lucy Purrington, 21, same thing, found in the cellar. Therese Sengenthaler, 21, Mm -hmm. found in the cellar, same thing. Shirley Hubbard, 15, found with surgical tape around her face to keep her from screaming. Oh my god, they're all so young. She had two tubes coming out of her nose so that she could breathe through all the abuse and she was also found in the cellar. Juanita Mott, 18, abducted after hitchhiking, found in the cellar. And Shirley Robinson, 18. Her body was buried in the garden of the house. She was extremely dismembered, but there was no restraints found on the body. She was pregnant at the time, and the baby had been removed from the womb, and multiple bones were taken from her body. I don't know where the babies were. Like, if the babies were also buried or something happened, it didn't actually say anything on that. Uh, Allison Chambers, 16. She had run away from a local children's home and found solace with Fred and Rose. Her body was found in the garden of the house and followed the same story of having been dismembered. And she had a leather belt wrapped around her head to keep her from screaming. And last was Fred or Heather West, Fred's daughter, who he had raped and abused for years. Her body had been dismembered with a meat knife and later buried in the, in the backyard under the patio. Man. Yeah. And do you know, like, how many jokes do you think they had to have made for it to, like, spread to get them in trouble? That's the thing. And it's just, like, I don't know if it like, was because neighbors heard him saying that. And if you did, like, why would kids... you say that? Or if the col- kids actually yeah. started telling people. Oh, my God. Um, On January 1st, 1995, Fred ended up hanging himself inside a cell with a suicide note that said, In loving memory, Fred West, Rose West, rest in peace where no sh- shadows fall. In perfect peace, he waits for his wife. I mean, they were a match made yep. in heaven together, I guess. Yep. Since then, the house since has been taken down and mm. turned into, like, a walkway memorial. So if you ever For go the to victims. England, you can go there and you can, like, walk this walkway and it, like, mentions the people who were murdered at that house. Oh, wow. And that's my man. My, ew. That's my man. <laughs> that's your man. That's my man murder. and lady. Ooh. Fred West and Rose West. They're a creepy uh, couple. Serial killers of... British places. <laughs> Cromwell. Yes. Cromwell oh, man. Street. I don't know how to follow that. Pose. Uh, isn't that freaking disgusting? So and disgusting. Oh, daughters. Like, yeah. Like, oh, my God. And then to, like, just rub it in their little, yeah. their other children's like, faces. Behave like, yourself or you'll end, or end up under the porch like your sister. Like, great. That's honestly like a horror movie. Like, yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if there's like There's horror probably movies. a British murder on it. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, probably. Huh. <sighs> Okay, well, on that note, should we hear a word from our sponsors? Absolutely. (laughs) After listening to our podcast, you should know that tragedy can happen to anyone at any time. Have you thought about what would happen to your kids, pets, or property if something bad happened to you? Well, we have. Turbo Wills makes creating a will, trust, and other estate plan documents simple and affordable. You do it all online. The documents are sent to your home, and a notary comes to you to make it official. You have enough to worry about, so let Turbo Wheels help you knock this off your to-do list. Use the code 2F2M at checkout for $50 off. That's TurboWheels.com, discount code 2F2M. And we're back. We're back. (laughs) Nice and refreshed. (laughs) (laughs) A nice little break. Mm -hmm. Um, All right. 
Man, I feel like I have, I'm so nervous to follow that yeah, story. Right? My goodness. Ugh, it's all right. Freaked me out. There's so much <laughs> creepiness in it. I know. And then it's like, do I have bodies buried under my house? Ooh. I live in an older house. I mean, you live I in live an older in house. I live in an old ass house. I bet they're, oh, stop it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So my story is about Dennis Nielsen. I don't know if I'm saying that right, but we'll go with, go with it. We all know we're always right. Yep. We pronounce everything perfectly. Exactly. Uh, he was born in Scotland and comes from a broken home. His dad was in the military and didn't spend a lot of time at home. He, like, the father didn't really take his marriage seriously, and his mother decided to file for divorce, and everyone pretty much agreed with that decision because they thought she had rushed into the marriage. Mm -hmm. um, her and the three children from the marriage were Olaf Jr. Olaf. <laughs> Olaf. Oh uh, Dennis and Sylvia, the little sister. They all went and lived in uh, their grandparents' basement. Dennis was described as an adventurous, happy child until the death of his grandfather. He was super close with him, and he felt like he was his hero. And then after he passed away, Dennis became super isolated, didn't accept affection from other family members, and was really jealous of his older brother's uh, older brother Olaf Jr.'s popularity. Mm. Yep, it's so, his name. <clears throat> yep, it's a cool name. Dennis thought he was gay from early puberty, but it made him feel ashamed and he hid it from most of his family members. Um, he was attracted to a lot of his peers, but he thought they all, he, he's kind of weird. So he thought that, the, he's kind of weird. He's really weird, but just hang tight. <laughs> he's kind of weird, <laughs> but it gets worse. Yeah, it gets worse. He thought that all of the guys that he was attracted to had similar facial features as his little sister, Sylvia. Uh, and so he thought. That, that doesn't make it normal. Yeah, it doesn't make it better. <laughs> Sorry but to poop on your party. He's like, oh, it's this is why. <laughs> yeah, obviously, because she looks like my sister. Yeah, he thought that like that his attraction to guys was just a manifestation from his feelings for her because mm. i guess he had feelings for her Obviously. so he actually admitted that he fondled her one night Ugh. and he also stated that he had been fondled by an older boy in his class but he didn't exactly enjoy the experience listen i don't know if then, people know this but brothers and sisters you're not don't supposed to touch each other <laughs> just leave it i mean gosh fondling's not for family no it's not f n, -N f fondle no family <laughs> FNF hashtag. Um, but so then he actually, Dennis admitted to even fondling his older brother, Olaf Jr., while he was sleeping. Um, and he thought that because he did it to both of his siblings, he was bi. So, I mean, he's Dude. obviously, like, really conflicted and having, like, no idea, like, what obviously, his sexuality is. you need to figure is. it out because yeah. that is not how you do it. He's like, oh, I'm bi. He's like, well, I think I like boys and girls, so I'm going to fondle my brother and then my sister and maybe yeah. we'll figure it out. But yeah. instead, no, it was both great. Because so. I was attracted to dudes that looked like my sister, yeah. so I got this. What? <laughs> I got this down. <laughs> Makes no sense. Yeah, it doesn't. Um, so after that, I love, this is how it was described in my research. And it's like, after that, Olaf was suspicious of Dennis for being gay. And oh. I was like, oh, were you? He's like, oh, this isn't normal. I'm suspicious. I'm suspicious. <laughs> um, but so yeah, so it says he was suspicious of him and made fun of Dennis in public and bullied him for uh -oh. it. Uh-oh. Yeah, and at this point in time, the family was living with their new stepfather, and his mother had had four children with him, and the family was kind of broke. Mm. So Dennis started to resent his life and felt like he needed to get out, so he signed up to serve in the British Army. Okay. So um, he really excelled in the Army, but... Boy, oh boy, was he still struggling with struggling with his sexuality. And now he's surrounded he, by men. Yeah, he wouldn't shower with any of the other men in fear that he would get an erection. So he, <laughs> became, <laughs> he began to drink a lot and considered himself a hard-working boozy. Him and another younger soldier got so drunk together that they both passed out. And so Dennis, Dennis, when they woke up, Dennis knew that nothing, nothing sexually had transpired between them, but it really started to, like pick up his fantasies he started to imagine having sex with someone that was unconscious oh, and so boy. he went as far as like he would get really drunk and then he would like throw himself on the ground and pretend <laughs> that he was unconscious oh, like hoping that one of his like army oh, mates would take advantage oh, of him. oh all right okay well not everyone has the same thoughts as yeah you, he's so. like here we go it's like, like oh, here someone's bound to come naked. by he's like yeah yeah he's he's a little wild so obviously um 
his fantasy started to increase from just being someone that was unconscious to someone being dead. And so, like, in the army, he had obviously come across a few dead bodies before. And so he started to imagine him having sexual encounters with those bodies. Started, like, going together. Mm -hmm. So uh, he ended up having his very first sexual encounter ever with a prostitute in Germany, uh, a lady prostitute. Oh, good. But he described it as overrated and depressing. (laughs) Well, yeah, <laughs> she is a prostitute. I don't know. He's like, this is so overrated. <laughs> oh, um, his mother kept nagging at him as to why he never had a girlfriend and like why when was he going to start a family? Yeah. And then his older brother, Olaf, after they had had a fight, told his mom that Dennis was gay. And so he never spoke to his brother brother again mm. and rarely talked to the rest of his family. And that's when he decided to move to London and join the police force. What year is this? It's in the 70s. Oh, okay. So yeah. it wasn't as normal as it is today. Right. No, it's okay. just in the 70s. So. I got you. Yep. Um, where'd I go? Uh, when he moved to London, he started going to gay bars and having one-night stands, but he found those encounters unfulfilling. He ended up dating a man named David Galchin. Uh, they That's probably totally wrong, but whatever. That's fine. They got a flat together at Melrose Avenue in Cricklewood, England. Cute. I know. Isn't that name so cute? Crickle, <laughs> I just live in Cricklewood. Um, as long as it's not Cromwell Street. <laughs> yeah, they're probably like right by. Yeah. <laughs> Neighbors. <laughs> hey, Fred. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, they he made a... He would have hit that for sure. Huh? He would have hit that. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, they made a deal with the landlord (laughs) that they would have exclusive rights to the garden in the back of the residence. So uh, Gallatin didn't work and Dennis was considered the breadwinner of the relationship. He said that he was really attracted to Gallatin, but the two rarely had sex. Their relationship got rocky to the point where they were sleeping in separate beds and both bringing home casual partners. Um, It's suspected that Dennis beat uh, Galchin on a regular basis, and the two ended up splitting up. Mm. Dennis had a few relationships with other men after that, but none of them lasted. He fell into a depression where he worked constantly, and when he wasn't drink or when- and when he wasn't working, he was drinking and smoking cigarettes constantly. Um, this was in 1978, the same year the murders began. Oh no! Dot dot dot. Oh no! Um, the first person that Dennis murdered was a 14-year-old boy named Stephen Holmes. Or Stefan, I'm not sure. Leave uh, the children alone. I know. Apparently, Stefan looked a little older, and people thought that he was 17 because Dennis met him at a pub, um, which had what is this? Which he had forced himself to go to because he had been locked inside his house all day drinking and felt mm. like he needed to get out. Um, he I invited mean, Stefan back to his house for more drinks, where they both passed out. 14, 17. <sighs> Still underage. So yeah, still. Oh, well, what's the drinking a, age in England? I think it's eighteen. Oh, well, I think I don't know. I can't remember. Those British laws. Yeah, I know. <laughs> don't fly your kite, but come have a beer. <laughs> um. So anyway, they got they went back to uh, Dennis's house and got super drunk, right? And when Dennis woke up, he found that Stefan was passed out on his bed and decided that he didn't want Stefan to leave him Mm. and he wanted him to stay with him for the holidays, whether he wanted to or not. So he took a necktie and strangled Stefan to unconsciousness and then drowned him in a bucket of water. So whether living or dead, he wanted him to stay there. He was like, he's not, I don't want him to wake up and leave. I want him to stay with me for the holidays. So you'd rather him be dead? Yep. Dead body just chilling with you over the holidays? That's depressing. (laughs) (laughs) Can't just watch holiday movies. Like, oh my gosh. There's gotta be something else to do, Get Dennis. a cat. God. Get a cat. <laughs> oh, that's good. So, my next part of the story is that he <laughs> masturbated over the body twice. Oh, great. Before storing him underneath the floorboards. Okay. And this is like an apartment building, right? Mm-hmm. That's what I said, yeah. Yep. Um, so Dennis murdered 12 men and attempted to, or actually I think it was 15 men. I think that's a typo. So Dennis murdered 15 men and attempted to murder seven. And this was like, this was the same kind of style that he had. He would strangle them to unconsciousness and then drown them. Um, he would usually lure people back to his house with the offer of either sex, alcohol, or he also lured in homeless men by offering them food and shelter. Um, he murdered a man named Kenneth. Ogdekin, who was a tourist 
uh, in town, he told Kenneth that he was going to show him all the good London sites and they got drinks at his first place. They were listening to music and Dennis ended up strangling him with the headphone cord that Kenneth was listening to or <laughs> using to listen to music. And then he was like dragging him around his apartment. It's so weird. Like he had strangled him, yeah. right? But then he was just like walking around his ap- apartment, dragging, dragging the body. him around. Yeah. And while why? he was like making drinks for himself. Why would you go to some random dude's house in a different country? I have no idea. So scary. Whatever. I mean, that's his prey, right? People yeah. that are willing I to guess, do that. I guess, yeah. <laughs> I watched too much CSI for that. <laughs> yeah, they're like, can I help you find directions? You're like, get away! Get away! I don't uh, trust you! Stranger danger. <laughs> danger strangers. Yes. Don't take candy from strangers. Strangers from candy. Um. Oh, okay, so after he had uh, killed Kenneth, he ended up buying a camera and posed Kenneth's body in multiple positions. Like, one of them, he, like, spread-eagled Kevin on his bed and took pictures and then, like, wrapped himself, like, wrapped Kevin up and put him under the floorboards. <laughs> I don't mean to laugh, but <laughs> have you seen the <laughs> Will Ferrell's SNL and he's, like, the thinker? No. The stinker. And he's, like, <laughs> modeling nude. Oh, God, you gotta watch it. That reminded you of this? Yes, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'll Back watch to it. the murder. <laughs> Let's post it on our story. Okay. Um, so after he put Kenneth in the floorboards, basically there was four other occasions where he would pull Kenneth's body out and just, like, pose him in the armchair and or on, like, the couch and just, like, watch TV and, like, talk with him. Like, he, oh it was, like, gosh. his, like, weird little, like, yeah. friend. It was so, so creepy. Um, the next murder was this kid named Duffin Martin, or Duffy Martin, who Dennis called the youngest looker ever. Okay. Yeah, I don't know what the... Like don't know why that child was necessary. looking? Uh, I think he was, like, Whatever. 14, not younger than the first one. Yeah. But, um, he was a runaway who Dennis offered a nice meal and shelter for the night, and Duffy accepted. Dennis strangled him and then drowned him in the kitchen sink. Are they all under the floorboards? Most of them, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, so Duffy's body was first placed upon a kitchen chair, then placed upon the bed of which he had been strangled. The body was repeatedly kissed, complimented, Ew. and caressed by Nielsen, <laughs> both beautiful. before and after he had masturbated while sitting upon the stomach of the corpse. Oh, sick. Yeah. This dude's sick. I know. For two days, Duffy's body was stowed in a cupboard before Nielsen uh, saw signs of, like, bloating. Um, and as soon as he saw that he was, like, starting to bloat, that's, like, when he would just, like, stuff him down into the floorboards. He's like, ah, oh, they're getting nasty. Ah, you're gross now. Yeah. <laughs> Next body. <laughs> Next body. Exactly. Um, after that, Dennis uh, murdered quite frequently and racking up up to 15 bodies. He had two different apartments, so it wasn't all 12 bodies in one place. It Like, in uh-huh. one place, it was, like, kind of split, but... Um, so the odor obviously started to become a problem. Yeah, I was going to say, don't, the stink. Right, exactly. The stink. So I actually have a clip yeah. from an interview with Dennis of him talking about the, uh, like, process of how he would, like, oh. maintain that. Well, it's from the murderer himself. It is, right from his lips. I like it. His creepy, creepy lips. <laughs> Those nasty lips. <laughs> The dismembered remains of only half a dozen men were found. Nilsson had kept the bodies in cupboards or beneath floorboards before disposing of them. In the end, it was when I was say two or three bodies under the under the floorboards began to accumulate that uh, come the summer it got hot and I knew it'd be a smell problem. Yes. But uh, I thought, well, I'm going to have to deal with the smell problem. And I thought, what would cause the smell more than anything else? And I came to the conclusion. It was the, the innards, the, the soft parts of the body, the yeah. organs and stuff like that. So on a weekend, I would sort of pull up the floorboards, and I found it totally unpleasant, and get blinding drunk, so I could face it, and start this section yeah. on the kitchen floor. Mm-hmm. What's and I'd go, out, I'd go out and be sick outside in the gardens. And it was what sort what of preparation would you have to make for that? Preparation. Well, if you were simply to bring these um, young men's bodies into your kitchen and start to dismember them, that's going to leave an awful mess. That doesn't leave a mess. Why should it leave a mess? Well, it could, couldn't it? No, it doesn't. It doesn't leave a mess. You see, when when people in death situations, 
where knives involved. There's a lot of blood playing. I would love to stab you right now. You'd just have me. The heart is pumping away then. There'd be blood splashing all over the place. Yes. Funny enough, in a, in a dead body, there's no blood spurts or anything like that. It congeals inside and forms part of the, the flesh in there and it becomes like anything a butcher shop. There's little or no blood. So there's no, there's no problem with... You get a plastic, you know these uh, plastic bags that you have, dust yeah. in line, and you yeah. slip one of those so it forms kind of a sheet. You, you haul the body out onto the floorboards, put it on the sheet, and then cut it out. For the past ten years, Nils... Freaking gross. Yeah. What did he say? The soft parts? The soft parts, so like the organs Ugh. and stuff. And, and it's not messy? Like, There's some sort of liquid coming out. You would think there'd be like weird like stomach bile yeah. and stuff still too, but I mean, he didn't have a problem with it. Whatever, apparently. dude. Freaking sicko. So yeah, I mean, it was a little quiet, So, but basically, yeah, he would take the organs out of the bodies because that's what made them stink. And what he would do is he would either set them on fire in the backyard or he would blend them up into, put parts of the body into a blender and then drop them down the sink. Um, and I mean, he would like flush little pieces of the bone down the toilet. Yeah. My gosh, this is a process. I know he's yeah. Uh, he also talks about how, oh my gosh, this part's a little creepy, but he also (laughs) talks about how with the bodies, he would like obviously dress them up. He would shave any hair on their torso and he would apply makeup to any like ligature marks and like he would drape their arms around him and he would like dance and talk to them. Ew. Oh, so creepy. He said that um, his victims were, were so beautiful. He would cry at the sight of them. Who uh, is this guy? He's a weirdo. He is so weird. He also said that he only masturbated to them and he would never actually penetrate the bodies because they were too pretty. Oh, well. So. How nice of you. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, he also, there was also a couple people that he had attempted to murder, but didn't get away with it, right? So I actually also have a clip of a survivor. His oh. name's Carl Stoder. Uh, and so this is just like a little clip of telling about what happened with his encounter. What bothered me at the time. Sorry for the music. <laughs> it was pouring quite large Bacardi's, and I wasn't really a great drinker at that time. <laughs> setting the scene. After getting him drunk, Nelson put Carl to bed. He um, warned me about getting into bed. He had like a sleeping bag that was opened up like a duvet. And he said that I might get caught up in it. I woke up with a sleeping bag zipped around my neck. It was really like digging into my neck, tearing into my neck. As I put my hands up, at first I thought Nelson was trying to help me out of the zip. Um, and I think before I fell unconscious, I realized he was pulling tight up. The next thing I remember is being immersed in, in um, cold water, um, which was when he tried to um, uh, drown me. I managed to pull myself out of the bath three occasions but I was too weak and exhausted and he just pushed me back under and I remember just lying there and thinking that that this man is killing you and you're dying. I love the holy music. (laughs) It's like showing him like it's like one of those like dramatized reenactments. Um, so yeah, so anyway, what ends up happening with that mm-hmm. situation is like he doesn't fully drown him, and when he wakes up, so he's just like unconscious, but he thinks he's gone. He, I guess, he must have thought that he yeah. killed him, right? And so Carl ends up waking up and like leaving, and he's like, I need to go to the hospital, I need to go to the hospital. And Dennis is like, Okay, let's hang out again. And then, like, basically, like, Carl just leaves. Hey, and here's goes, my number, yeah, call me, <laughs> yeah, it's really weird. What the heck? Um, so anyway. 
the way that Dennis ended up getting caught was because of his disposal methods. Nielsen ended up, uh, along with the other tenants, had been complaining to the landlord about the plumbing issues that they had at the apartment complex. So when the landlord looked, there was like a drainage block filled with tissue and other weird things like that. So they ended up asking Nielsen what it could be. And (laughs) this is what his reply was. Looks like someone's flushing down their Kentucky Fried Chicken. (laughs) Oh, and they know. they ended up finding a piece of neck bone that obviously raised suspicion. Yeah. And then they raided Dennis's house and he ended up admitting to all of the murders. So the guy didn't even turn him in or no. anything? Nope. He was okay. so weird, though. He oh, was, gosh. like, so messed up. He was like, I didn't, like, I wanted to see yeah. him again, but, like, da-da-da-da-da. Like, kind of turned around. I don't think he knew what really went down because yeah. of how drunk and, like, messed up he was. Hmm. Well. Um. But yeah, so then obviously trial happens. Dennis is sentenced to yeah. life in prison. And then he was having some kind of like uh, stomach issues. And so he went to the the hospital for him and ended up dying in the hospital. So did he eat the bodies? No, it wasn't <laughs> like that. But he did some weird shit to the bodies. Yeah. So I actually have a picture I'm going to show you. <laughs> and it's of... A, is it of a body? It's of... A head that oh. he had in a pot. In a pot? How are you gonna make your spaghetti? Is it a pot he used? For heads. Obviously not. Oh. Was he boiling it? <laughs> yeah, I think you like. Is that him taking the picture yeah, of it? I think he would boil them Ew, and then like. Because the skin would like fall and off. And then that's what he would like flush down the toilets Freaking and, and the nasty. sinks and stuff. So Just anyway. A- Floating head. Yep, that was my. It's freaking British murders. That was you guys my murder. Are, you guys are they got crazy. some weird ass shit going my on. My gosh, it's not just like a simple thing. Nope, they're crazy. Yep, but it's okay. They got other things to do, like fly kites. No, they don't. They can play only... with swans. Nope, can't do that either. The you queen can. Owns you just them. can't kill them. <laughs> don't wear your flip flops. There's a lot of things. Don't oh. doorbell ditch. Yeah, but if you don't want. kill people and don't yeah. doorbell ditch, okay. But Instead, you can listen to Two Friends, Two Murders. Oh, there you go. Nice plug. <laughs> I know. Thank you so much. I told you I'm a professional now. Fresh. <laughs> All right, guys. It's been swell. Don't go to England without, I don't know, be safe. Just be safe. <laughs> don't go to people's houses, houses. you don't know. Exactly. Even All if right. they tell you they're going to show you all the cool sites. All right. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Two Friends, Two Murders. Go follow us on Instagram at Two Friends, Two Murders Podcast. Episodes are available on both Apple Podcast and Buzzsprout. Don't forget to go leave us a review and share the episode with your friends. If you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, feel free to reach out to us via Instagram or email us at twofriendstwomurderspodcast at gmail.com.